0: Hello everyone and welcome to the 5 Red Lights podcast. Today I've got Natalie with me and this is Racing Back in Time. Racing Back in Time is a new series that we're going to launch on the podcast channel and we're going to take you back in time to some classic races from the past and we're going to discuss them and see how they compare to races from the more recent past, so comparing them to races from 2019 or a few years ago. Um, Today, we're looking at the Brazilian Grand Prix of 2003. So back in 2003, the reigning world champion was Michael Schumacher. And this was a bit of a crazy race. The first two races before it were in Australia and Malaysia. And having had the all-conquering F2002, Ferrari hadn't won either of the first two races. They'd both been won by the McLaren drivers, uh, David Coulthard and Kimi Raikkonen. Now, this race was the third race of the season and it was absolutely bonkers, completely mental. So now, where do we start?
1: So should we start with what's going on before the race? Tell us about the tyre situation. Can you set the scene?
0: okay so in a cost saving measure as the FIA always will justify things with they said that they had brought in a rule that the two tyre manufacturers Bridgestone and Michelin could only bring one type of the wet tyres so if you've got the the intermediates and the extreme wets so on the Pirellis you've got the green striped inters and the blue striped four wets so back In 2003, the FIA said to Bridgestone and Michelin, you can only bring one of those to each race. And they looked at the working ranges of the tyre and the likelihood of safety cars in Brazil. And they both went for the intermediates. What they forgot (laughs) to, to remember was that in Brazil, the weather can be absolutely dreadful. And on this day, it poured down with rain. It was like living in a swimming pool. So the rain was so bad that they eventually started behind the safety car after delaying the start for 10 minutes. Um, so Rubens Barrichello in the other Ferrari was on pole, with David Coulthard in second. Mark Webber in the Jaguar had done a brilliant job to get third, and Kimi Raikkonen was fourth. Now, Raikkonen had just won his first race. Obviously, at the moment, he's a bit of an old-timer. He's 41 this year. So this was back when he was 23, I think, 23 years old. And he just won his first race. So he was full of confidence. Um, a couple of the other big names from that time, uh, Michael Schumacher, qualified down in seventh. Juan Pablo Montoya for Williams, qualified ninth. Uh, and they ended up spending seven laps behind the safety car before they eventually got going.
1: Oh okay seven laps behind the safety car so what happened at the start?
0: So the safety car turns off his lights, it's going in, it goes up the hill out of uh, Yunshao, the final corner, off it goes, they are backed up by Barrichello, he kind of overdoes it really because at one point you've got Barrichello in the middle of the road David Coulthard on I think he's on his right and then Mark Webber's on the inside. So they're almost three cars in a straight line across the road and they're not allowed to overtake before they cross the start line. So he, I think is just trying to play a bit of a trick on everyone and catch them out. So getting them really close together and then, and then really bolting, but it doesn't work. And uh, Coulthard gets into his slipstream and just does him first corner, takes the lead Um, And off he goes into the distance. The McLaren works really well around that track at the time. Further back, you've got Räikkönen and Montoya. They make some moves through the field. Räikkönen has passed Weber, and then he dispatches Barrichello on lap 10. Montoya then jumps from 9th to 3rd and follows Räikkönen through two corners later. So Räikkönen passes Barrichello at turn 1, just like Coulthard did. And then Montoya... So you've got the, the, the three corners, the S, the centre S, onto the um, Reto Apostar, down to turn four. And Montoya gets past there on Barrichello. And they both zoom up behind <laughs> Coulthard, He's just minding his own business. And all of a sudden, Kimi and Juan Pablo have brought a party to him. Uh, and at the start of the next lap, lap 11, Kimi puts one over on DC and takes the lead. And Montoya... Again, just follows through, sort of hanging on to Kimi's coattails. But then the Williams, sit; uh, he starts to struggle and loses a bit of grip on lap 14. And Coulthard retakes the lead. So they're coming out of Junxiao, just lacking a bit of re-grip. Doesn't doesn't drive out of the corner and DC. He takes the, a tighter inside line where there's a bit more grip and just whips past him. And then he's followed by uh, Michael Schumacher, who slowly menacingly, making his way through the field, and you're watching it and you're thinking, Schumacher's about to pull a worldie here in the rain again. So he's up to P3, and the top three is Raikkonen, Coulthard, and and, uh, Montoya's been passed by Schumacher.
1: Wow, that's an interesting opening few laps there, and wasn't there an accident that brought out the safety car again?
0: Yeah, there was. Uh, Ralph Furman had a suspension failure on the main straight in the Jordan. He spins, you'll see he's his front-right suspension explodes uh, and he loses complete control of the car. So he spins out of control, almost takes out his own teammate, Fizikala, uh, and he wipes into the back of uh, Olivier Panis in the Toyota. Uh, brings out the safety car, opportunity to pit, and back in these these times, they were allowed to refuel. So in 2010, they switched from allowing refueling to no refueling, where they had to carry all the, fuel in the car yeah, yeah. so it was, it was a lot a lot different it was a lot more on strategy and when it was wet or the safety car came out it just threw everything up in the air even more than it does now because now it's more about the tyres being on fresh rubber here it was get on new tyres get some fuel in the car and see see where that took you and especially in the wet it was a real lottery to see where everyone ended up now Coulthard and Schumacher pitted Wise old heads, but Kimmy in the lead. Maybe the exuberance of youth decided that he could keep himself in front. He stayed out, and that would prove to be crucial later on.
1: Okay, so that's really unfortunate for Furman. Can you tell us about turn three?
0: Well, we reached lap 25, back underway from the safety car restart, and on the TV we see two cars. In the barriers. One of them is the Jaguar of Antonio Pitsonia. And the other is Juan Pablo Montoya. Now, they've crashed on the outside of Turn 3. They've spun across this bit of water as they're getting round the corner. And there was water coming across the track as they got back on the power.
1: Were they the only ones to go off there, then?
0: Well, funny you should ask that. No, they weren't. The next lap around, lap 26... Michael Schumacher, he flies off into the wall. The Rain Master himself has crashed. Now, it was on ITV at the time, and they were they were with the lady in the pit lane. She's doing an interview with, I think it was Ralph Furman actually, and all of a sudden you hear Martin Brundle shout, "Schumi's off! Schumi's off!" <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit rude. He cuts across this this lady, Louise Goodman, in the pit lane. While she's mid-interview. Wow. <laughs> he does apologise afterwards. But, um, yeah, Schumacher flies off into the wall. There's three cars. Now, he's... Because they've all gone off at the same point. They've all ended up in a line next to each other. And um, it's, it's a bit, 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 bit of chaos there. Yeah. And um, another safety car is brought out. This time, Raikkonen pits. Uh, and David Coulthard retakes the lead. So when they get back underway, there's two more victims that fall into this trap at turn three. Uh, Jos Verstappen, dad of Max Verstappen, and uh, Jensen Button, another driver who was actually very, very handy in the wet. Uh, They both go off, I I think Verstappen doesn't actually make it as far as the wall, Minardi wasn't quite that good, Uh, Button, he had a slightly different accident, he got round the corner corrected the slide, and as he corrected the slide and steered across, he found grip, and the front tyres just gripped up, and bang, off he goes straight to the wall. Uh, so fourth safety car.
1: Gosh, that's crazy. Why were the rivers only at turn three?
0: So the circuit at Interlagos is in a bit of a bowl, and the the uh, start-finish straight is at the top of the hill, and they go down through the center it's going down the slope, and this grass bank on the outside of the corner as they go around it was allowing the water to come down. Um, I think it was coming from drain pipes that were sort of allowing the water to sneak under one of the barriers and it flowed down the, the slope of this grass and across the track. A bit dangerous.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: But it made a cool little quirk on the day. Um, and we've not seen it since really, which is kind of nice because of safety. Yeah. We don't want people getting hurt, but we also want everyone to be challenged, and this was a challenge. It was a huge, huge challenge on the day.
1: It was Barrichello's home race. How was he doing by this stage? He had a poor record at his home race, didn't he?
0: Poor? It was dreadful. Oh, was it? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> dreadful. 2003 was his 11th race in Lagos, and he retired from 9 of the previous 10. 90% of races. Oh, wow. 90%.
1: That
0: is... That is absurd. Uh, his best result, his only result, was fourth in 1994 for Jordan. He retired from all of the others. He'd been leading the race in 1999 for Stuart Grand Prix, who uh, was now Jaguar and are now Red Bull. Uh, so, in this race, obviously, he started from Pole. Great qualifying lap, stuck it on the pole. Not such a good restart, as we've discussed. Dropped back to sixth at one point. Uh, but strategy and a little bit of help from Schumacher throwing his car at the wall. Yeah, helped that him. Help. Yeah, because <laughs> Schumacher didn't really ever do him any favours. Um, it was always Rubens doing the favours, unfortunately. So Schumacher crashing had obviously helped him be the only Ferrari in the race. Strategy got him back on track. He's back up to second behind uh, Coulthard. He found some pace. He found some confidence. And on lap forty-five, now he takes the lead, of the race. Now, if you know Brazilian sports fans, you know what they're like. They went nuts.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so surely he went on to win today, then?
0: Right. Get your calculator.
1: I oh, no idea, I have to do my maths.
0: Yeah, okay. it's math time everybody. Okay, so can you divide 10 yeah. by 11, please? Okay. And then can you times that by 100? Okay, so his percentage of uh, failures to finish is now at what? Is that 90%? Well, it's up from 90%. It's... 91% now isn't it, it's 0.9, so 91% is just absolutely, it's just so bad, Yeah. poor Rubinho, he'd retired from the last eight races in a row, lap 47, he's in the lead, fuel system problem coming out of turn four and turn five, and that's it, his race is run, he pulls off to the side, He gets out of the car, and sometimes pictures can say so much more (laughs) than any of our words.
1: So, Kordhard had the lead, but then pitted. There's a name we haven't mentioned yet, Giancarlo Fizzicella, or aka Fizzy. He was now second behind Raikkonen.
0: Yeah, he pitted before they brought in the safety car at the start, and his strategy helped him into this position. So basically, they pulled him in, fresh tyres, filled him fat with fuel and he was, he was so slow in the early stages. But, because everyone else was crashing, um, he saved a lot of fuel and it kept him in touch constantly, never fell too far behind. So by this point, his car's getting light, he's got some grip, the track's drying out and he's closing on Kimi quite quickly. And uh, he's behind him for a few laps and passes him, eventually. Uh, at Mugello, the turn 11, uh, Raikkonen gets a bit of a twitch on, slides wide, and Fisichella fizzes his way through. It qualified eighth, so his car had some pace, and Jordan were, were a bit clever with their weekend, so the, the car was working fairly well around that track that weekend, which allowed them to do it.
1: Okay, so let's take a huge jump to 54, and Mark Webber, what was he up to?
0: Well, by this point he was crashing. Uh, he was trying to cool his tyres so that the track's drying out. He's trying to find some um, some water to cool down his intermediates because it's not quite ready for slicks yet or the groove tyres as they were back in those days. So he's found some water, but he actually aquaplanes and loses control. Has a massive accident coming up the hill onto the pit straight. Huge accident. Three out of the four wheels are just ripped off the car. The chassis is a mess. Debris Everywhere, absolutely everywhere. So immediately, of course, a safety car, another safety car called out. Um, And this is actually turned to a red flag when Fernando Alonso crashes. You you see the the mess of the Jaguar on the TV screen. All of a sudden you just cut to this blue and yellow blur spinning around um, with Alonso in it. He's basically, when you see the the replay, he's come round, because it's not a straight straight. Yeah. You're coming up the hill and you curve round to the left. Comes round, Fisichella goes through, Raikkonen goes through, Alonso comes through a lot quicker and just smashes straight into one of these loose wheels from Weber's car with one of his. And that's it. He spears off to the left-hand side into a tyre wall, spins back across the track, and into the concrete wall on the right-hand side. And there's just as much damage to his car as there is to Weber's car. And the tyres from the tyre barrier are all over the track. Red flag, of course. You know, carnage.
1: Did they restart from there, then?
0: They couldn't. There was too much mess on the track. Uh, there wasn't enough time remaining there. had a two-hour time frame. And they were past 75% race distance so that it was possible for them to declare a result at this point and award four points now if they don't get to 75 percent, they only award half points which they did in australia in 1991 where they raced i think it was 14 laps
1: And malaysia in 09 wasn't it
0: yeah they they raced 25 30 laps in malaysia and those two were called off because it was a monsoon and they Mm. needed boats to get around (laughs) so all the cars they go to the pit lane because the race is finished Jordan are convinced they won, but a physical error arrives, and his car catches fire. Um,
1: wow, this <laughs> is a next? crazy race, isn't it? So there was an error, though, and they gave the wrong driver the win, didn't they?
0: Yeah, so like I said, Jordan were convinced they won, but they ended up giving the race win to Raikkonen. Uh, they got the countback procedure wrong. They counted back from lap 55 to lap 53, um, which meant Raikkonen would have been in the lead. And then it turned out that Fisichella had actually started lap 56 when the flags were brought out to stop the race, which meant that on lap 54 he was in front, which meant he was the winner. So you had this really awkward
1: okay, yeah. scene.
0: So they went up on the podium. Räikkönen is like, yeah, I have won the race. Fisichella is like, something's wrong here. <laughs> Alonso's not even on the podium. He's, he's being taken to hospital because he's finished in third, yeah. incredibly. Um, so they've given Raikkonen the trophy, they get to San Marino in the next race, and I think I think it was the Thursday, because they had practice on the Friday, so the Thursday, they're all at the track, they get the McLaren out and the, the Jordan out, and they have this kind of awkward presentation where Raikkonen gives Fisichella the trophy, they shake hands and Fisichella holds it above his head, <laughs> and uh, that that's how Fisichella got his first win in Formula One. And Jordan, it was Jordan's last victory. They, they'd they won um, three races before. Two with Heinz-Harald Frensen in 1999 and one with Damon Hill in 1998. And just, I don't know if it was something Jordan um, specialised in, but three out of their four wins were wet races. Damon Hill in '98 in Belgium, where it was... Again, monsoon conditions. Uh, Manicour, France in 1999. Again, you needed a boat to get around the track. <laughs> and uh, the Jordan was a pretty good one. Frenson won there. They have won the Italian Grand Prix in Monza in 1999 with Frensen, which was dry, which made a change. But then, obviously, this one was a bit damp as well. So, Fisichella won the race. Räikkönen finished second. And Alonso was third. Now, looking back... I think Räikkönen can can feel a little bit um, aggrieved about this because they'd never found this timing error. Räikkönen might, might have won the World Championship. He lost out by a point or two points to Schumacher in the last race. Um, and if they'd been level on points, he wouldn't have won it because Schumacher had won more races. But it, or it could have potentially cost him a a uh, world championship. But then there was all sorts of reliability problems for him anyway in the rest of that season, so it may or may not have made much of a difference. So I think you'll, you'll agree, Matt, that it's quite a balmy race.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah.
0: I mean, there's so much going on. Cars crashing everywhere. Cars on fire. Cars spinning round. Pit stops. Everything. Absolutely everything. Um thanks for helping me. You're welcome. And I hope everyone enjoyed listening and we'll be bringing out some more of these very soon. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye.